Hello to my family and friends. Welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, April 27th. I'm John Mark Comer, and I am really starting to miss you all. I'm not gonna lie, after church yesterday, I was sad, which in all honesty was unexpected. It was a beautiful spring day with no rain. I am training for the Portland Marathon in October. That will likely get canceled. But hey, I'm turning 40 and I made a pact years ago to run a marathon for my 40th birthday. So either way, rain or shine, official or me in Forest Park, I am running 26.2 miles. And normally an 11 mile run around the waterfront on a sunny day with my afternoon free to study and work on my teaching for the week ahead, that is just like introvert pastor dream. But I'm not gonna lie, I was just really missing you. And I'm counting the days until we're all back together again. But one thing that I am also loving about the stay home order and the season that we are in as a church is all the quiet. Now again, I know I'm an introvert, but just bear with me. I got up early Sunday morning before church and I was just struck again by how quiet our city is right now no airplane noise overhead, no traffic, no concert or music. I hear the birds now more than ever. And quiet is more than just a personal value for introverted parents like myself. In the way of Jesus, quiet is a kind of spiritual discipline in and of itself. And when we teach on the practice of quiet, or what has come to be called silence and solitude, which is all over the life of Jesus, we talk about two dimensions of quiet, external and internal. External is when you silence all of the noise outside of you. You turn off the TV, you take your AirPods out of your ears, you close the door, or get out of the city, and you just set your brain before God without the nonstop stimuli of the modern world. What Cardinal Roberts in his stunning book, The Power of Quiet, calls a dictatorship of noise. An external quiet is for the most part a matter of logistics. You get out of town, you put it on the schedule, you go hiking or you get up early before your kids or your spouse takes the kids on a walk for 30 minutes or an hour and then you flip flop and you get quiet in between. But internal quiet is a whole other animal. Internal quiet is when you silence all of the noise inside of you, in your own brain and in your own heart. The distraction and the videos that play in your mind and all of the mental chatter, the rumination over the past and regret and shame and anger and acrimony and replaying a conversation or a careless word or a mistake or or all of the catastrophizing for the future and worry and kind of um, mapping out worst case scenarios and your mind looping over and over again, what if, what if, what if. And not to mention all of the stuff that comes up in your heart, all of your affections and attachments. And internal quiet is far more difficult. It's about calming and centering your mind and through that your heart itself, the center center of desire in your person on God and his love. But more than that, it's about yielding. Let me read over you our psalm or our scripture for the day from Psalm 131. The poet writes this, 
My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. I love the metaphor of a weaned child. What's the difference between a weaned child and an unweaned one? Is that even the right language? Well, an, a weaned child, when they don't get milk on demand, they don't throw a temper tantrum or freak out in anxiety or scream or get angry. They know how to wait in the quiet. For the poet, Prayer and quiet and calm are about far more than just a mindful quest to center your attention on God. As great as that is, that is just the beginning. It is a way of yielding over the illusion of control to God, of letting go of outcomes in your life, of coming to surrender, of coming to Jesus' relational posture toward the Father, where he said, not my will but yours be done. Or in another place, he said, I always do what pleases the Father. That is the essence of prayer, coming to that place at an authentic level in your heart where you can say with Jesus, I always do what pleases the Father. That is the place, not of imprisonment to religious duty, but of freedom and healing and joy like we have no clue of. So much of prayer is about getting in touch with that deep, quiet place in our body and our mind where our spirit touches God's spirit. What Thomas Kelly, in one of my favorite devotional works of all time, A Testament of Devotion, called the unhurried center of peace and power. He was a Quaker, and the Quakers called this part of our, or this aspect of our humanity and this place where we meet with God, the holy center. To end, I just want to read over you the last page of a memoir that I read over the Sabbath from Frederick Buechner, the novelist and former pastor. It's called Telling Secrets, and he ends his novel by saying this. I have written at length here about the way God speaks through the hieroglyphics of the things that happen to us, and I believe that is true. But I have come to believe more and more that God also speaks through the fathomless quiet of the holy place in the white tower within us all, which is beyond the power of anything that happens to us to touch, although many things that happen to us block our access to it, make us forget it even exists. I believe that this quiet and holy place in us is God's place, and that it is what marks us as God's, even when we have no idea of seeking it, I think various things can make us fleetingly aware of its presence, a work of art, beauty, sometimes sorrow or joy, sometimes just the quality of a moment that apparently has nothing special about it at all, like the sound of water over stones in a stream or sitting alone with your feet up at the end of a hard day. What deadens us most to God's presence within us, I think, is the inner dialogue that we are continuously engaged in with ourselves, the endless chatter of human thought. 
I suspect that there is nothing more crucial to true spiritual comfort than being able from time to time to stop that chatter, including the chatter of spoken prayer. If we choose to seek the silence of the holy place or to open ourselves to its seeking, I think there is no surer way than by keeping silent. So let's just take a moment, and I invite you, right, wherever you're at, maybe this isn't doable, maybe you're driving in the car or breaking quarantine or out grocery shopping, that's just fine. But wherever you're at, I just invite you to come to quiet. Sit down if you're up for it. Take a few deep breaths. Look out the window at the sky. Look around you in your room and just take a moment to realize how much we have to be grateful for. Set your attention on God. Just look at him looking at you in love. Posture your heart to listen. God may speak to you in this moment. He may bring a word or a phrase to mind or a scripture or a video may kind of play in your imagination from the Holy Spirit's inspiration. If so, wonderful, but if not, don't feel like you're a failure or it's not working or you're not spiritual or God is angry with you. As St. John once said, God's first language is silence. And beyond words and even beyond thoughts and feelings, there's a spirituality that is even greater still, that is just will to will our love to God's love for us. We love him because he first loved us. Just direct your love, that inner orientation of your heart at God in the quiet. And I invite you now as we end to just take a moment and yield over your heart to God. Just surrender, just let go of what does or does not happen. Turn that inner part of you that makes decisions, your will, turn that over to God. And in doing so, discover real, true freedom. And this week to end, I've been ending with a benediction every day. I just want to pray over you the blessing from the priest in Numbers chapter 6. It's well known. We sang it at church yesterday at the end of our gathering. Let me bless you with it now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you 